Let's get started. I'm Donna. I'm a compulsive eater and your leader for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. Before we begin, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please check again. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect your anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. And um, there is an Ask It basket going around, so you can write down any questions, and I'll answer them at the end. And then also when we have sharing, there's a sign-in sheet, because this is being recorded. So um, there's a sign-in sheet for you to sign. And, um, and uh, what else do I want to say? Um, there's no um, speaker in here, so if, if you need me to speak up more clearly, I will. And I'm speaking into a mic for the recording, so I can't walk around. All right. So I'd like to start. This, is the, the begin, this session is about uh, committing to going to any lengths. And I was looking up last night, well, where does going to any lengths, where does that come from? And it's from Chapter 5 in How It Works. And uh, we often read this at the beginning of our meetings, and it goes through the 12 steps. I'd like to start with that. It'll take a little while, but I, I know I need to hear the 12 steps right now. All right. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who don't, do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in general what, 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 in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness of our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with food, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find God now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked God protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
Seven, humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for the knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to, alcohol, to food addicts and compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us explained, exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So when I read that about being committed to go to any lengths, and then right after are the steps, that's basically what it says to me is that going to any lengths is working the steps. So um, I'd like to kind of talk about how I go to any lengths, try to, and um, I'm willing to, and uh, how I do that in, practically in my life, and, um, and some of my journey. So um, let's see. First of all, I'm going to share these shorts used to fit me, and I pray that they don't fit again. Um, and these used to be um, yeah, my comfortable shorts. Uh, my top weight was 194, and I'll pass around uh, some photos. In a picture here, I'm on the outside. This is those shorts in purple. I'm fitting me comfortably. Uh, my top weight was 194 pounds, and last time I weighed was 129. And um, so I'm maintaining 65 to 70 pound weight release. I've been in program um, in October will be 14 years, and um, abstinent for 13 in, in uh, the fall and off sugar for 12. So that's, um, those are my numbers. Um, let's see, where to start? I just want to take a deep breath. I was uh, really enjoying and relaxing. I slept in. I haven't been sleeping well. And then I um, had a nice walk and was really enjoying a serene morning. And then somehow I needed some intense adrenaline. <laughs> so I made myself really late to get here. So how do I practice this program in all my affairs and commit to going to any lengths? Well, I don't know about you, but I have this voice in my head that, um, you know, this whiny kid who just wants whatever she wants, whenever she wants. And, um, and that is also the part of my, that's kind of also my addiction voice. So, for example, you know, I really didn't want to come here today. It's a beautiful day outside. I'd rather be outside hanging out reading a book or something. And so, you know, there's that whiny voice, I don't want to go, I want to hang out, I don't want to, you know, sit inside all day. And, um, you know, working my program gives me the more adult a voice of being willing to take my medicine and come, come to a meeting, come to a convention. Um, I'm working on meditating every morning, minimum three minutes, ideally more like 15 to 20 and this morning, I was like, right, three minutes, I did five, because, like, you know, first thing is to connect to my higher power. So that's the most important thing, that I connect with my higher power. Um, part of going to any lanes for me is the realization that now that I'm maintaining a healthy body weight, um, that 
realizing and practicing that this is a spiritual program. I'm just starting to get, after almost 14 years, that I have a spiritual malady. And where I want to go is really focusing on the food and the weight. And I go up a few pounds, and I go into total hysteria that, um, that I've gained all my weight back, that I'm a piece of crap, and, um, and then I fixate on what I'm eating and how much I'm exercising. And, um, you know, again and again, I learn all that does is keeps me focused on my weight and on the food. And, um, you know, I say the first, my first uh, period of being in the, these rooms is really about the physical recovery. And that's great. And it's wonderful to be in a, in a healthy body weight. But um, mm-hmm. when I reached my, my natural, um, my healthy body weight, I was really pissed off for a long time. So I had this one number of 140, which I'm what, less than now. For half of my life was my goal weight. And when I reached it, I was angry and bitter and resentful because my life didn't get suddenly perfect now that that number was on the scale. So um, I have to admit that the scale still has some power over me, and I get really anxious around, you know, when I go up and down some pounds. But, you know, it's really hard to stay exactly at an <laughs> exact number every single day. So uh, that's practicing progress, not perfection. Um, and I had a foot surgery earlier this year, and so, you know, my weight's been changing. So anyway, really learning, like, when, I, when I'm connected with my higher power, then, you know, I was thinking, like, what if I didn't exercise every day but instead meditated and was so connected with my higher power, I probably would eat, eat less because I'm, I'm connected with my higher power. So um, right now, going to any lengths means meditating every day no matter what. And I learned in these rooms that three minutes is a meditation. I went to a meeting where they had a three-minute meditation. I was like, oh, I thought meditating I had to sit there for 40 minutes and... Three minutes is a meditation, and I find once I sit down and just focus for a few minutes, then I do want to meditate more. So um, that's a way that I can um, have some conscious contact with my higher power. And as I've been praying for deeper connection with my higher power, the way I relate to my higher power is com- changing completely. Um, so, th- so that's really interesting for me. And I really, I'm realizing, you know, there's, we talk a lot about turning things over to, to God, and I have a hard time with, like, letting go. But I can also receive a lot from my higher power, and that's what I'm working on now. So um, as I told you, I, I'm recovering from a foot surgery. I've had a couple major injuries in this program. Um, I was in a body brace mm-hmm. and, um, and then uh, this foot surgery. And going to any lengths was when I was in a body brace, people came to my house, and we had meetings in my house. And, um, you know, I've been... Going to meetings with my with my foot had people pick me up and take me to meetings. Uh, I commit to going to at least three meetings a week, no matter what, unless I'm like you know uh, in the wilderness. And um, and so if you know what I do on a Sunday night as I look at the week ahead and go, okay, what meetings am I getting to this week? Usually I do my Tuesday night Palo Alto meeting is my uh, home meeting. Oh, but I'm going to be out Tuesday night. Okay, is there another meeting I can go to? Um, and if I can't get to three in-person meetings, then I go, all right, I'm gonna ha- I'll call into a phone meeting. So um, that is the bottom line for me. What I've heard in these rooms is that people go to three meetings a week. It's like they can keep their head above water. Two, you know, they might be treading and kind of dipping their head. One is like you're really, you're really uh, having a hard time staying above water. 
Um, there's this AA meeting at 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday, a few blocks from my house, so I've been going to that, and that's been really fabulous for me. Um, and so, so going to three meetings a week, that's my commitment to going to any lanes. Um, I also uh, check in with my sponsor every day, no matter what. I call her in the mornings, and I um, send my food over, ideally at night, what I ate and the plan for the next day. And also going to any lanes means when I, I do go into the wilderness a lot. So uh, when I go to the wilderness, then I have a plan. So, for example, I spent two weeks in the Grand Canyon, kayaking through the Grand Canyon, no digital signal. So we had a plan, and what I did was I brought a postcard for every day, and I wrote down what I ate that day and kind of checked in with my sponsor by postcard. And at Phantom Ranch, halfway through, I mailed the first set, and then on the way out, I mailed the second set. And it meant that I, I was with a big group of people, and, it, and I was scared every day, kayaking the giant rapids. But it, uh, every day, I, I stepped away from the group and connected with my sponsor and myself and my higher power. And I asked my husband if I could, hey, can I check in with you every morning? So that way I wasn't alone. And it's really hard. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm with a group of people, you know, I feel like, oh, I shouldn't step away. I should, like, I got to stay connected with everyone. But it's helped me so much when I'm with uh, groups of people that just to step away, meditate, read, write, meditate. I need that so much just to connect with myself. So um, even though it's really hard, that willingness to, to take my medicine every day, I call it my meds, meditation, read, reading, writing, meditating. I call my meds. I take my meds every day, no matter what, wherever I am in the world. And that's, that's my commitment there. Um, So let's see, I think I, I can't remember where I read this, but I heard it at least that we must be inconvenienced, that recovery is, is inconvenient, and we must be inconvenient. A couple of years ago, I spoke at the um, OA birthday party in LA. I was on a panel about willingness, and we were talking about, you know, oh, just being willing, and people were saying they're praying for willingness to be willing. And, uh, you know, we were shit, people were asking questions, and the panel was responding. And what we came down to that willingness is really action, that you can be willing. But it's really about taking action. So every day, taking action for my recovery. And like I say, a lot of days I don't, I don't want to, but it's uh, the willingness to do that. And, and that's, that's been a lot of what, how I've grown up in program, is not just doing what I want or don't want. It's having the willingness to brush my teeth at night, to stop eating, to you know having three meals a day and maybe just a snack, to make my calls. I do two, um, one to two outreach calls a day, to remember I'm not alone. Um, so, it, for me, all the action that I take is like my scaffolding. And so, you know, back in uh, the early days of recovery, I would just like, I thought everything was fine. And then suddenly my face down was in the, was my, my face was down in the food and I had no idea how I got there. So by taking some daily action every day, no matter what, if I think, oh, I forgot to call my sponsor today, that, that's a red flag. Oh, I didn't write my food down today and send it off. That's a red flag. So I've got like the scaffolding around me so that um, if, I, if I don't do my reading or writing, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a whip. It's a signal to say, Donna, you know, you're making other things more important. Why are you too busy for program? What's going on? Maybe you need to t slow down because, you know, when we most need to meditate and read and write and connect is when we're running around with our heads cut off thinking we don't have time for it. So um, the key is willingness, and, you know, the section we read was about honesty. 
you know, in the honesty that we know we, we need this stuff. Um, let's see, I've been unemployed uh, twice in program and um, used as, as an opportunity to get to more meetings and to remember I'm not alone. And um, it's been really great to, to, um, to, you know, have recovery to carry me through that. Um, let me think what else. Oh, travel. Um, I have gone to meetings. I put down a list of meetings I've been to in Boise, Idaho. Santa Barbara, Oklahoma, Paris, London, Boston, other places. So I tried to get to a meeting. Um, I was in Boston on a work trip. And, you know, my choices were, hey, I could go out on my work, um, you know, the work credit card for a gourmet meal or go to a meeting. <laughs> and I went to a meeting in Harvard Square. And it was just like, God, I'm home. You know, it was amazing. I went to a meeting in Paris. And guess who happened to be in Paris at the exact same time as me at the meeting? My sponsor. And we got to go to a meeting together in Paris. Um, got, you know, went to meetings in London. It's, these things bring tears to my eyes. So it's, uh, I went to um, AA meeting in Boise, Idaho, before I was heading on this wilderness trip. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard again. Oh, I'm on a vacation. I'm with my husband. How can I take an hour out to go to a meeting? I do. And, I, you know, I'm, be- I'm so much better for it. <clears throat> Um, so a big part of, um, of, of program is also um, connecting with others, doing service, to remind me that, um, you know, that it's not all about me. Because the self-absorption and self-pity and self-centeredness is a big part of our addiction and our malady, our spiritual malady. And, um, and in the big book, it says that self-centeredness will kill us. And so um, it's really hard, you know, that I can really fall into that, the pour me, pour me, pour me another drink. Um, so pour me another bag of salty crunchies, you know. So um, by making outreach calls um, reminds me that um, I'm not alone and I, I need to check in on others. Going to meetings helps me to remember that uh, what I'm going through may not be the worst thing in the planet and maybe it's a blessing. Um, so those are, those are things that help me. I just want to look at the passage again to see if there's something. You know, I really don't like that original thing about, um, you know, you have to be constitutionally, people who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. I, I, I don't like that so much. But honesty is a big part of the program. Um, and in some way, I find it harder now that I'm at a healthy body weight because it would be really easy for me to to be like, oh, I'm normal now. I, I can, uh, I, I got, I've got it. I got it, God. I'm, I'll take it from here. And when I have, um, like this week's been, the food's been quiet, and uh, I start kind of getting a little cocky. And I go like, okay, I got it. And so the honesty that I am a food addict, that I am a, an addict, that I'm a compulsive eater, no matter what size I am, no matter what I eat, no matter what my food plan is, Oh, it's really, I'm still, I'm still struggling with that at times because um, I really don't want to be a food addict. And um, you know, on page 30 in the big book, it, um, I mean, I could read this every day. It talks about um, most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real compulsive eaters. No person likes to think he's bodily and mentally different from others. 
Therefore, it is not surprising that our eating careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could eat like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his eating is a great obsession of every abnormal eater. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. So, you know, I need to keep coming to the rooms and taking my meds every day so that I remember that I really am an addict and... um, and that it's not about, you know, the size of my body, the number on the scale, and what's on the plate. You know, I, I need to work my program every day no matter what. All right, let me see if there's anything. Um, um, so, so my eyes jumped on the, at some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. And, I, yeah, every day I went an easier, softer way. So um, I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I, like, dare myself to step up and take my take action every day and some days it's not as much some days it's more but um, I do at least a little something every day no matter what and um, I made my lunch before I came here so that took some extra time and um, and effort but it means how great now I can relax and now I have an abstinent meal and when I think about how much time I spent and energy I spent on you know sneaking food um, you know all the eating, overeating, remorse, uh, body hatred. Um, that was a lot of energy and time. And, um, you know, I owe it to myself to spend uh, at least a fraction of that on my recovery. And that's all I have. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so is there an ask it basket with questions? Great. Okay. So we'll take the questions and we'll keep yeah. passing them. And then we'll open up for sharing. Okay, question. How long did it take you to lose the weight? We understand that's not the focus, but I have a lot to release. I'm curious. I'm curious. Well, so my top weight was 194. And um, I was blessed with a slow uh, physical recovery. So I would release around 20 pounds and kind of hang out there for several months and then release another 20 pounds and hang out there for several months and another 20 pounds. So I went through that about three or four times. And that was a real blessing because it helped me to get used to my body size. I've heard a lot of people say, like, they changed size and shape so fast that they were really, like, who am I? They're getting attention. It was really awkward. And, um, and so for me, it was really gradual. So I was able to get used to it. It didn't feel like such a shock. Um, I still, you know, some days feel like I'm the top, my top weight, 194. Um, I was going through photos for, um, it was my mom's 80th birthday a couple weeks ago, and also uh, for a friend's wedding. And I just saw, you know, I was looking through photos from the last 20 years and just you know, saw how, like, my, my shape changed, and it helped me to acknowledge I really have changed, you know, and, um, and it's also interesting, I turned 50 this year, to be like, I almost feel like I'm reverse aging, because I just, the older I get, before the foot injury, <laughs> I just felt, like, better and better, thanks to program, so it was, it was slow, you know, so I can't really say how long, but it was most, most of the time I've been in program. And then I would tweak my food plan and lose another 5 or 10 pounds. And it's just amazing to, um, you know, when I really turn it over, 
I, I don't know what I need to weigh. You know, I really need to turn that over to my higher power. What do you, what do you do to help overcome grief or problems without eating? Oh yeah, well this I just to share a little bit of this year. It has been really hard, um, and I'm sure it's all blessings. But I had a foot surgery, major foot reconstruction, and um, I was in a cast and then a boot. And then while I was in the boot and on crutches, I got laid off from my job that I had for seven years, and I um, turned 50. The day before I turned 50, I was untangling a cord and hit myself in the eye, and I had a black eye on my 15th birthday. <laughs> so I was on crutches, and, you know, it's all funny now. But So this is, it's been a challenging year. And um, you know what? For me, and by no means did I do it perfectly, and absolutely I was eating more because it was like the food was like when eating a meal was like one place I could kind of feel comfortable. I mean, it's, it's true. But, or I'll say, and I have my daily practices that I do no matter what. So thank God I came to meetings. I did my meditation. Some days it was one or two minutes because I was so miserable. It was really hard to be with myself. I did my outreach calls. I have four sponsees. I have to take their calls. I get to my meetings. People saw me go from a cast to a boot to a limping to walking. So, you know, really, this keep coming back. It works. And um, it's not just coming to meetings but doing my daily practice because I just it's part of my life. I do it whether I want to or not. And so it, you know, slowly came out. And, you know, to me, that was the biggest, most horrible thing in the world. And I get to come to meetings and realize, oh, yeah, I'm really fortunate. And thank God I got laid off because it's the best thing that ever happened to me, you know. All right, any other ask it, basket questions? And then we'll have time for open share. Anyone on the bottom? Okay, a few years ago, AA General Service Office asked OA to read their literature as is at meetings, not to change the words. Do you think it's okay to change the words from him to God? Well, I was, I was reading that. I was thinking I should probably should read it as is, so... Um, so yes, I'll say yeah, I should be uh, reading as is. What do you do when you find yourself starting to eat food you shouldn't eat? Well, there, so there's an element for me of um, I have my food plan and what I eat on my food plan. And um, sometimes I forget that I'm powerless over all food, even the food that's on my food plan. Because then I think, well, it's on my food plan, and I can get a little carried away and start mixing the things that are abstinent together to make some sexy foods. So, um, and I bet, so I'm going crazy, kind of getting all excited about this food, but it's on my food plan. So, a big realization and, and humility is to remember I'm a compulsive eater, I'm powerless over all food, everything that's on my food plan, whether it's healthy or not. And um, so I do have some things that are not on my food plan, so I don't go there no matter what. And then I do have some things that are on my food plan, and, um, and one of them I was overeating, and, I, you know, the honesty of having to say, you know, these aren't working for me. I could have cried, you know, so I put them, put them down just a couple weeks ago, but, um, and, uh, you know, I'm not swearing off with a solemn oath forever, but one day at a time, not eating them. And um, it makes me sad, you know, I, I want to eat them today. Um, but uh, I've been so much more peaceful since I stopped eating them. So 
sometimes just putting them down for a day. But I also have to tell myself, and that's part of the honesty, is telling my sponsor and maybe saying in meetings, hey, I've got a food that's bugging me. I need to, you know, have the willingness to put it down. So it helps me to have that, that honesty about announcing. I have to tell others if I just keep it in my head. So that's... Um, but but the main thing is you don't have to swear it off forever, but just maybe take a, a break, a break for a day or two or three and see how things are different. And when I felt so much more peaceful and, um, you know, abstinent was, abstinent, being abstinent was so much easier, it's, it's worth it. You know, I felt like I wouldn't be able to live without that food, but, um, but I, I am here today to show you I am still alive. Um, I'm just no, d- diagnosed with this Systemic, permanent, mild depression. Systemic. Can you speak to depression and working the steps? Yeah, well, I was so depressed. Um, I've been more depressed this year than I have been in a long time. It's really, really hard. So um, let's see. Well, um, you know, practicing this, no matter, practicing the program, committing to go to any lanes no matter what. So that's part of it, telling people I'm depressed and, um, and then seeking outside help. You know, I think this this program isn't the solution to everything, but again, it's that scaffolding. It at least it keeps me from completely falling into the abyss. How do you tell the difference between a length you need to go to and a should or something that just works for others? Uh, great question. I think um, probably working with my sponsor would help me to 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 do that. Um, I'm really good at the whip, you know, and um, it, there sometimes there is a fine balance of working program for my serenity and and uh, to be more joyful, and then also using it to whip whip me. Um, so and I should. So I think um, you know it's really important that everyone gets a program that works, you know, for our, we all get a program that works for ourselves. So um, sometimes that's experimenting, trying things on, and, um, and talking to others. My very first sponsor told me, you know, talk to other people. Don't just learn from me. And I felt, first I felt a little um, annoyed by that because I wanted to hang on her to be like the one that, to tell me everything. But it really helped me. You know, when, when um, I have a sponsee who's, like, having trouble with his relationship with his higher power, I said, well, go talk to people, find out what their relationship is. I wanted to update my food plan. I, went, I heard people saying, I love my food plan. My food plan loves me. I love my food plan. I'm like, I want to say that in meetings. So I just ask people, hey, tell me about your food plan. So I do some research and, uh, and talk to people. So, um, you know, the program, point of program is to be happy, joyous, and free. And when I'm not happy, joyous, and free, then I need to look at, hey, what am I doing or not doing? Um, I'm miserable here. I'm a dry drunk. You know, am I working on a spiritual recovery? Um, because, uh, you know, the, the point is to be happy, joyous, and free, walking on the high, on the broad highway um, with our, our fellows. You know, that's the point, that we're having fun. Um, so if I'm abstinent, white-knuckled, angry, and bitter, I'm missing part of the program. And uh, I have to say, reading the big, big book is helping me. Um, I've been reading the big book, going to big book uh, study meetings, and, um, and it's really helping me just to, you know, okay, you know, this is who I am and this is what I need. Any other questions? 
So we have about 25 minutes for open sharing. So if you'd like to share, then you just need to sign your name to uh, release, um, give your consent to the audio recording. All right, anyone want to come up and share? No, I'm going to sit down and listen. Name is Gary Fuldaddick. Uh, you know, some of the things that, that, that you said that stood out to me is number one, in, inconvenience. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur. It's not uncommon for me to make $14,000 a month. I'm not saying that to impress you, but to impress upon you what good is making money if, 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 if my health is failing, if my children are, are, are there waiting for me to kick it so that, it, it, you know, thanks to that. You know, uh, I can relate to the depression, you know, and, but these last 24 hours here at this conference has literally been changing my life. You know, I can relate to scars. As I look at this, my, uh, my, my guess is this represents your past, but it may also represent scars. And what I've learned about scars is I will turn my scars into stars by the way I think and by the way I move forward. From this point on. Uh, you know, I've also learned that, uh, you know, if, if I don't conquer self, I will, be, I, I will be conquered by self. And for me, what that means, and, uh, you know, up, in, uh, up until, you know, this conference, I, I didn't know I needed to be here. I didn't think I had an eating disorder. But these last 24 hours has proven me right, that I do. And so, you know, the question is, what do I do uh, from this point on? Like you said, keep coming back, one day at a time. And uh, it's just, uh, and, and I did feel like a failure, but, but what I learned about failure is failure is not a person, it's an event. And the reason that's important to me is, if, if I take it personally, who knows what direction? I would probably go backwards rather than forward. So it's, it, it, it's, it's not a person. It's an event. I know I have a solution now. Now is the time to, to uh, you know, take hold of it and, and, and you know, move forward with it. And, and, you know, just bring my life back into order, if you would. Uh, yeah, by the daily actions. And, and uh, I, uh, yeah, I look forward to being on this journey. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Nancy, compulsive eater. Hi. Hi. Um, I have to tell you a story that about the miracles of having a higher power in my life, and having that be a motivating factor to go to any lengths to contact that higher power. My youngest daughter developed non-alcoholic cirrhosis and we almost lost her three times last year and I prayed and surrendered her 
to my higher power. We did not know if she was going to find a match, but it turned out that my higher power had my adopted son be her match. And she had her liver transplant in January. And if, if I, I have to call that God's work. And it made me really want to stay in touch with that higher power and have him work with me on my eating. Because if, if he can do what he did to save my daughter's life, he can do that with my eating. So um, I have both feet in the program now, and I'm working with a sponsor who remembers everything that I say, <laughs> which is scary. And uh, it just has made me more willing to be um, honest. I have been working at this for nine years, and this is the most honest I've ever been. And um, I used to get fired. I was in a different program, and I used to get fired for being honest. You know, <laughs> and so overcoming that has been really tricky. But it feels so much better to be honest with my food and honest with my eating behaviors. And I think I'm moving forward. So thanks. Hi, I'm Audra, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, almost didn't get up because I talked yesterday. And I don't want to hog the place. Um, and what I'd like to share with you isn't, oh, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Because left, left to me, left to my own devices, um, I wouldn't eat a vegetable or a piece of fruit if you paid me. But... I want to stay in recovery, and I want, <laughs> I love this body I have, and um, and besides physical, um, I love the relationship that I have with my higher power, and the relationship I also have with a few uh, close people. But a couple of things that I'm willing to do, um, I have been willing and not to go certain places, but most of the time... Uh, my particular food plan and absence, I can go anywhere in the world. Um, something I did at, at the wedding, you know, the beautiful wedding cake, the layer, all the different things. Make, you know, cut the little piece, did the arm thing, smiled for the picture, and then I set it down. And I noticed my new sister-in-law cutting really small pieces. Uh-uh, I want people to have a big piece and I didn't want any leftovers including that little top so I I started cutting the pieces to the size I wanted folks to have I, I don't mind it if other people eat and anyway uh, so we got it just because it was part of the ceremony and one thing that has really been working well for probably four years now I have a little whiteboard on my refrigerator M-T-W-T-H. Um, on Sundays, um, 
I, I do the grocery list. My husband loves to go grocery shopping with me. And together, mostly me, but sometimes him, we make a menu for the week. I know it, breakfast and lunch, that's on me. I, I'm, I know what I'm going to eat. And I try to have some healthy variety Monday through Thursday. And I write on the whiteboard what it is. I write the, the grocery list to make sure the groceries are in the fridge. The day before, I take the, the stuff out of the freezer to make sure it's thawed because I don't wing it with my food. Years ago, I tried working this program. I'm going to wing it. I could not stay abstinent. I absolutely couldn't do it. Up, up and down, all around, all over the place. And that's... Um, and. I bring my lunch and I bring my breakfast to, to work. And I have people, like just the other day, and then I, I think I'll sit down. I'm only three months into this new, this new job, and every morning, um, two people, my boss and uh, a coworker, go to the mess hall. I work for the military. They go to the mess hall and get breakfast. I, can't, I don't go with them. And I'm a little on the outside with the socializing, but you know what? I can socialize with them later on. I don't need to eat with them. And in the meantime, I get to stay abstinent. Hi, my name is Barbara, recovering compulsive uh, eater. And um, in the big book, there's a statement that says uh, some of us are manic depressed. There could be a whole chapter written about it, but they never did write that chapter. And so for me, this commitment to go to any length right now is um, the commitment to just try to be sane and just recently um, I've gained 35 pounds in the last three months because of the medication they put me on and when I talk to my sponsor she says I don't want you to worry about food I want you to just try to be the healthiest person you can be today and so I have bipolar 1 and I'm just saying it in case there's anybody else in here that has mental problems. It's funny because since I've been telling people, I've been having, I have more sponsees than I've ever had because <laughs> it's like everybody's afraid to tell people that they have a mental problem. And so um, it, it's, it's interesting to me to know that here's the things that I have to do, go to any lengths to do. I have to go to any lengths to take my medications on time. I have to go to any length to go to bed at a certain time and get up at a certain time, to see my therapist at a certain time. I, ha- the, I don't have the time I used to have. I go to one meeting a week because, because of my mental illness, they took my driver's license away. So now I'm trying to get my driver's license back. Life is not as simple as it could be, but I'm still in a way, I'm still working the best I can, and I'm still doing it one day at a time. And my commitment today is still to go to any length 
to be sane. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing and participating. It is now time to close this session. Please join and st stand and join hands as we close with um, select one of the closings in the brochure. How about we do that third step prayer?